You're listening to a sermon audio from Cypress Church. You can listen to more sermons on our website or by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. We hope you enjoy the sermon and invite you to attend one of our services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. You know, since we're sharing family news, I, 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 Jacob Painter's back there with his uh, acoustic guitar. Jacob is a senior at Los Alamitos High School, and he just uh, uh, signed on for a football scholarship at Southern Utah University. So excited for you with that. And give him a big hand for that. I don't... Is Aaron Joyner here? He's here first. Here. Aaron is also... Uh, uh, he, got, he received a scholarship uh, from... Where in... Tulane in, uh, in uh, New Orleans and stuff like that. So we're, we're sharing all kinds of family news. And I tell you, I've been holding on to that baby news for so long. <sighs> I feel just freedom to be able to share that. Thanks for releasing the gag order, as your sister said, Casey. But uh, um, so excited. I, I, uh, Gina, Gina wrote on, on, she's great with child. And uh, she wrote, gosh, there's babies everywhere. <laughs> and uh, when do you do? Uh, April. April. Okay. Oh, I'm excited for that. <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> anyways, there's babies everywhere. So we're excited. Hey, take your Bibles, if you would, and open up to uh, John chapter, uh, well, put your finger in John chapter 4, and also put your uh, finger in, in Matthew chapter 10. And uh, as you can see, we're going to be uh, having a little panel of missionaries this morning uh, coming and sharing with us this morning. But uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, our ushers have a Bible uh, in their hands, uh, extra ones. If they, you want to borrow one, just wave at them as they walk down the aisle. They'd be happy to give you a loner there for a moment. But we've been talking um, and being challenged this whole week from last Sunday to this Sunday to join in to help feed a hope-hungry world. And last week right here, Pastor Martin uh, Castro shared with us that, you know, hey, we have this hope. Why not share it with other people? I mean, you know, you've got the answer to their question. So why wouldn't you share and just the challenge was there that we should share. And, and what he was talking about really is, is our calling of God. God has given us a calling as we uh, have our lives and, and come to know him. We have a calling. In Acts 1.8, we're to be a witness. Uh, to witness of what God has done in their own life. To, and then in, in Mark 16.15, it says that we're to go and to preach the gospel to the world. Now, the, the word gospel literally means good news. And the reason that it's good news is because we have a problem. I mean, the person next to you has a real problem. And so do you. <laughs> we all have problems, and, and that problem is sin. The Bible says, for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. This sin shackles us down, chains us up, and walls us in a cage that we can't get out of. And unfortunately, living life this way, we are destined to a life that is less than what God expected and also will take us into hell. Now, the, the, the sad reality about this life, this chain-shackled-in, caged-in life, is that there's nothing we can do individually to break out of it. We can't somehow do good and it dissolves the chains. We some can, uh, somehow can't memorize all this Bible teaching and somehow uh, the, the cage just evaporates. There's nothing humanly we can do to change our sinful condition. And that would sound like not good news. But the good news is, is that God has provided us a Savior, Someone to save us from that condition. That's Jesus. Jesus has saved us from a sinful condition by dying on a cross, paying the penalty for our sin. The wage of sin is death, the Bible says. This cage leading us downwards and into hell. And, and, and Jesus came to change us from that. And how we 
get that good news because it's sitting right there. I mean, it would be good news if you were locked up and someone said, I got the key. You would say, whoo, that's good news. Give me the key. (laughs) How we receive the key is to believe, understand that we're sinful, that we need a savior and that is Jesus and then to commit to living our life his way. That's what it means to believe. And so we are called to go and tell people about this good news to help them become followers of Jesus because that's how we thrive. Thrive as followers of Christ. That's what we're uh, called to do. And we're to help that, that. That following of Christ is called discipleship. And that's why in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, it says, go and make disciples. Now, the idea is it's not just somebody else's responsibility. Oh, no, that's the, that's the preacher's job. No, it's, actually, it's not my job. My job is actually to help encourage you and, and to, to equip you so that you can go do your job to go tell people about Jesus. But our job is to tell people about Jesus, to tell about the hope that we have to bring hope to a hope-hungry world. That's our job. We can't shirk that responsibility or pass it off to somebody. No, you go do it. I just need to sit here and be all about myself. No, no, no. (laughs) God has called us to go and to tell other people about Jesus. It is our responsibility, not someone else's job. And each one of us who believe in Jesus are responsible to share the hope with others. The question is, how do we do this? How do we get about bringing hope to a hope-hungry world? And I believe this morning, in the few minutes we have remaining, that God's going to give you the answer and give us the answer. And if you're really listening, He'll give you the motivation to get out there and do this. So let's all stand as we, as we pray and we'll bring the panel up in a moment. But let's stand. Just set your stuff aside and stand up for just a moment and let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us here. Thanks just for the fun family feel of people getting engaged and people being pregnant and people dedicating their child and, and, and all those kind of things. Kids going off to school and getting great scholarships and what a fun church family we have. And the, Lord, you've called us all together for a purpose. And yes, to glorify you, but we know that you've given us a, a calling to, to share the hope with a hope-hungry world. So God, I pray that you would challenge us this morning. Even motivate us to do our part into sharing hope with others. Help us in that. Help us discover that this morning, we pray in your son's name. Amen. Have a seat, and hopefully you have your, your outline out. Uh, it's in your worship folder. Open it up. There's an outline. There's some blanks to fill in there. Answers will be up on the screen, but I really encourage you to get one of these um, study guides. It has the answers on it, but also has a lot of the verses that I'm going to share in case you aren't able to write them down, plus many of your small groups will be going through this throughout the week this week, but I encourage you to grab that as we go through this. And so, um, before we bring up a panel, I want to give us a framework uh, of how we're going to go through these two passages together. One we're just going to just breeze over, and that's the John chapter 4 passage. But I do want you to read it. Read the whole passage, and as you think about these four, five words that I'm going to give you, four words I'm going to give you, uh, let that marinate into your, and as we look at some of the verses in Matthew 10, uh, read that whole passage from 16 to 42 about. But in John chapter 4, a very familiar story is happening here. In John chapter 4, uh, Jesus and the disciples are walking along, and they come to a well. Now, it's not quite a well like this picture describes, that old-style well that you bring about. It was more like a, uh, almost like a cave, or a side of the hill that was kind of hewn out, and, and down in the bottom, as you kind of traversed a, some, a walkway, you got to where the water was. And that was the well. And 
Jesus was traveling through the area. They saw the well. The disciples noticed Jesus was looking a little tired and said, hey, why don't you have a seat here, Jesus, and we'll go to the town nearby and gather some food. And so the, the disciples leave Jesus and, and, and Jesus is there. And four examples of how to, to bring hope to a hope-hungry world come out in this passage. The first one is, is, is that Jesus sees a woman coming at a very strange time during the day. Most people came in the morning when it was cool. It was later on, and, and there's a, I could spend days, weeks, months talking about uh, all the, the, the great uh, significance of this passage in John chapter 4. So I hope you guys are settled in. We'll bring in the lunch. I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll get through this. But read it yourself and, and go through this. It's a great passage. But this woman comes in. She's obviously there because some issues are happening in her life. She doesn't want to be around the other women who are there gathering the water. So she comes at a different time during the day. And she comes in there and Jesus notices her. The reason Jesus notices her is because Jesus loves people. He has compassion. That's the first C that's written down there that you'll look at later and, and take the notes on. Four things. The first one is compassion. Jesus has compassion for people. Uh, we see it all throughout his life, how he cares and loves about people. And he does. And he wants us to have that same compassion there. But, but as Jesus goes on, he makes a connection. That's the second one, a connection to this woman. He, they talk about water and you know, the, she's at the well, he's there at the well. They make a connection. And as they make the connection, then something happens. There's a conversation. That's the third one. There's a conversation that happens between this, this woman and Jesus. So much so that Jesus talks to her about living water. And she's, whoa, what's that? She's all excited about that because that living water, is she gets it, it's the hope that she's looking for. Because she was desperate for hope. Her life was, that's one of the reasons why she came later to gather water, we believe it. But her life was messed up and she needed something. Jesus caught on to that and the conversation that comes out. And, and as, the, as, the, as the conversation goes on, compassion, connection, conversation, she begins to believe. And then she brings the, the, a lot of the town with them and they believe, not because of what she said, but because they got it themselves and there was a great celebration. So those four uh, uh, examples from Jesus that bring hope. And so we're going to talk about those. And so I'd like to bring up our panel. If you guys would come on up here and that, and I'm going to help up the pregnant lady. <laughs> See, babies are everywhere. Thanks, you guys have a seat. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, we're switching it up. Oh, the girl's on one side this time. Uh, let's start with uh, Jessica. Why don't you inter- guys introduce yourselves. Tell us just, a, uh, you know, who you are and, um, and then uh, who you reach out to, what's the group you reach out to, and what's your goal as you reach out to them? Okay. My name is Jessica Claussen. My husband is Daniel Claussen. He's actually in Ecuador at the moment. My husband works with uh, wilderness medicine, so he teaches first aid and his hope is to train missionaries and ministries to be more effective. I work with teenage moms, or I will be when we get to Spokane. I work with teenage moms, and the goal is to not only give the tools to the teenage moms, but change their lives so their children's lives are different than their grandparents. Great. Great. Holly. My name is Holly Melton, and I'm married to Matt Melton, who's out with Carter because he's sick right now. And we work with Crew, Campus Crusade for Christ, reaching college students with the gospel because our desire is to reach the next generation of leaders and having them influence our country and the world um, with a Christian biblical worldview. So that's what we're trying to do. My name is Matt Allen, and my wife Heather and our two kids, Hannah and Micah, are back in New Orleans where we live. Uh, we work with an organization called the Restoration Initiative, and 
most of what I do is I run a landscaping kind of ministry business, um, hiring guys who are coming out of incarceration. And our real goal is to help help those guys shed the labels of felon, convict, and shed those labels and, and accept the label of um, a you know child of God. And I didn't get to say this first service, but I just want to say sometimes we as missionaries, folks put us up on a pedestal. I'm just a business geek who likes to garden and said, use me, God. I have these two skills, gardening and business. How are you going to help me use this? And that's how I ended up running a landscaping business. Okay. Charlie. Good morning. My name is uh, Charlie Rodriguez. I work uh, alongside with uh, Pastor Martin in, uh, in Baja. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got the chief for myself. Uh, and uh, we work in, in different, uh, different ministries. There is a prison ministry. We work as, uh, with feeding programs. We work with uh, a children's home, a baby's home. Um, we work with, uh, oh, my God. Uh, I'm just going to say just a few of them. But it's, uh, we work with the people that they're, that they're more needed. You know? So uh, it's a great opportunity to work alongside of a great man. That he's, uh, his, his word from last week has uh, lasted all this week. So uh, that's, that's what we do. We're just normal Christian people that want to make a difference in this world. Amen. Amen. Well, Jesus, yeah, thank you. You can clap for them. Appreciate them being here. So let's, let's look at these, these four examples of Jesus. The first one uh, is, is in the area of, of compassion. And obviously Jesus has compassion. Matthew 9, 36, we looked at it last week. But when he, that's Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now that word compassion is not just, oh gosh, I feel for you. It's actually a word that, that were, uh, it caused a physical reaction in Jesus where he felt like he was going to be doubled over in pain. But but it was, it was a, 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 a sense that moved him to action. And so the first question here is, uh, is what, what did God build, or how did God build into you a compassion for your area of ministry? And so I'm going to start with Jessica. Uh, Jessica, I know that you said that you were, I know you're excited about working with, with uh, single moms, uh, teenage moms, that, uh, that, but tell us what, what kind of, how did God build that in you? Honestly, it was because of my son, Caden. Mm-hmm. I had to be a single mom for about six months because Daniel and I were separated. And But t- t- tell why you were separated. <laughs> my husband is Canadian. And <laughs> so, um, he is working on getting his green card. And during that time, Canadians are allowed to be in the States for six months before they need to leave. And so he I'm was... I'm safe. Yes. Yeah. He had to leave and then go get a green card. So we were separated while I was trying to figure out details, during which time um, I just felt the burden it was to be a single mom. And I had the tools. I've been grown up with a family who gave me tools on how to love my child and how to succeed. And a lot of these teenage moms don't. Mm. So he just gave me a heart and passion for young moms and teenage moms who don't know how to go grocery shopping or don't know how to use a budget or just basic life skills that we take for granted as well as learning to be a mom at the same yeah, time. That's great. Holly, take, take off on that. Because I know, Holly, you have a great heart of compassion for, for college students and that. What, what are some of the, um, 
How, how, do you, how, how did you develop that, and how can we develop a, a compassion for whatever God wants us to have a compassion for? Well, it started when I was in college myself. I was a resident assistant in the dorms. And just seeing the freshmen come in, two or three years younger than me, and seeing how they were searching for all the wrong things, for significance and community and purpose and identity. And my heart really broke for the lost. And I just thought, man, these are the ones that are going to lead us. And um, how can we just ignore that they are searching so much in, in the college age? And, you know, really for any of us... Um, To grow the heart of compassion, I think we need to ask the Lord to help us to see the needs and the lostness of the people around us. I could have just been there and done my schoolwork and been successful, or I could have entered into their lives. And it's scary to enter into people's fears and anxieties and insecurities, but that's when they need the gospel the most and they need the hope the most. And so as we enter into that, I believe the best way to do that is ask the Holy Spirit who um, Jesus has given to us um, to ask him how to do that, and he will clearly show us how to have compassion and reach out to those people. Yeah, now just hang on to the mic for a second because I want to ask you this. What what do you think? I mean, you've 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 spoken a lot. You've you've been in ministry for a long time. What what is it that that stops us from having compassion? I mean, you've you've seen it kind of well up in a student office and it drops. You know, what is it that that tends to block that compassion for others? Well, I think two of the big things is just one fear of man. We're afraid um, are the are our neighbors or coworkers going to not like us or be uh, uncomfortable around us, or we don't have enough information to feel like we can enter in and have these spiritual conversations. But really, I think the biggest thing is selfishness. We take hold of our time and our energy and our finances, and we don't want to give that freely. And we need to be asking the Lord, how do we use those precious commodities for Him? Yeah. So God calls us to have compassion. And a lot of times is it, we need to get out of ourselves and open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit to say, hey, do, some, do a work on my heart. Give me a, a passion, a compassion for somebody else. You know, Jessica, was, she, she, she felt that in herself. And now I want to, wow, I, now I have this great heart for people in that condition, in that uh, you know, Jesus didn't sit on his compassion. He actually did something with it. He, he was moved. He was compelled to action, so he made a connection with that woman. And Jesus made all kinds of connections. In verse 35, that's above verse 36 that I just read, it says, Matthew nine thirty-five. it says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages and, 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 and teaching all the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every uh, affliction. You know, Jesus just didn't just set up a tent, boom, and say, okay, in Jerusalem, okay, Messiah's here. Come on. You know, he went out to people and he, and he did that. And so, Charlie, uh, you, um, I mean, you guys just didn't just set up church. You've got all these programs that, that you've got going on here. And um, how, tell us about some of the connections you've made and, and how you've been able to kind of turn those into telling people about Jesus. Well, um, looking, looking a little bit uh, to my notes uh, I think we're we're often seeing that uh, uh, that we're selling uh, that we're selling the brand, we're selling something, we're selling our faith, and I guess that uh, it it should be it should be uh, uh, but to keep him faithful through through the promise of God, and I think mostly as as Christians we have to become uh, more aware on on that connection. 
but how how is that that we see that how is that that, that we uh, connect with the with the uh, feeding program how is that we connect with uh, uh, with the children's home with the baby's home well there's basically because we see a need there's 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 no magic trick there's no no other logic but just we see a need basically yeah and that's and that's it that you know Jesus made that connection with the woman at the well he was thirsty she was getting water or there was a connection and God opens up you have connections every day with people and a lot of those are based upon upon the needs and so uh, Matt I'd like to ask you just a um, what would you uh, what would you suggest or how would you suggest we make connections with, I mean, you've been around this area, you've lived here for a long time. How would you suggest we make connections with pre-churched people in this area? Yeah, I think, I mean, the gospel is good news, and it's good news for people who are hurting. Um, and we're surrounded by people who are hurting. And, you know, the thing that I did was I asked God to, to break my heart for the things that break his heart. Um, and when I did that, my eyes were opened um, to to the pain and the suffering around us, and that could be a coworker, um, you know. And as we kind of ask God to give us the, give us those eyes, and really open ourselves up in humility to to those we're in connection with, I think we can oftentimes be earn the right to be heard and to speak into people's lives um, by just listening by having empathy for those around us, um, <clears throat> that's good news. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be pushing a track um, into somebody's face. It's, you know, we're, Jesus, Jesus sends out the 72 in Luke as guests, and he tells them how to be good guests. And, and I think, you know, we are guests in people's lives, and we need to take that with humility and honor that people would be willing to share with us. And that's where we can, it gives us, we have hope. And that's what, you know, like Holly was saying with the students, there's such a need for hope. Right. And, yeah. Well, well so, so hang on to this and, 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 and go further. Because I know we were talking about this at lunch the other day, but what is it that, that hinders us from, from making those connections? What, what are, why don't we do that? What holds us back? I don't, it's... Drawing a blank about what we said. <laughs> you remember, Matt? Yeah. Um, give me, give me a hint. Well, you were talking about how we get so wrapped up in our lives that we. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think even even the the simple thing of, you know, who are the you live you've got your house. Who are the nine people that live around you? You know, can you can you list their names? Um, in New Orleans, if you can't do that, then you're kind of rejected. But I think in California, you know, in this culture, it's drive into the the driveway, you know, pull into your garage, shut the door. Um, and yet we're, God has put us, every one of us, whether you're a CEO or you work at McDonald's, um, God has put us, put us in a place and for the specific purpose of, of bringing good news to those around us. And that is the number one reason. Everything else is secondary. Everything else is a means to the end of being hope and being, being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Right. And that, and that leads to the next, next point. See the, we have to keep a- asking ourselves the so, so that. You know, Jessica spends time with teenage moms so that she can share Christ. Holly spends time with college students so that she can share Christ. Matt has a business 
so that he can share Christ. Charlie and, 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 and Martinez, they developed the church so that they can share Christ. It's not a bait and switch idea. It's because this is our calling and he wants us to, to meet these needs and have these connections. And so that brings us to the, to the next part that I'm going to jump to. Is, 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 uh, and, and Matthew 10 talks about this. He says, you know, in Matthew 10, uh, um, 16 and 17, 21 and 22, 24 and 25, uh, in Matthew, uh, Jesus is telling the disciples, hey, this is not going to be easy. It's going to take some courage. I just got to read the first part of it. Just, it's, it's, it's so good. So in the first part is, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. And sometimes it feels like that. All, all, I, you know, I can attest that each one of these folks have faced persecution in their ministry in trying to do what they're going to do. Each one of them have, have gone through it, it, and it's been difficult. And it is going to be difficult. Uh, God never calls us to safe. We have this bizarre idea of Christianity that when I accept Christ, you know, all of a sudden the flowers bloom and everything is peaceful and the birds start chirping and it's safe, safe for the whole family. And you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, it, it's, it's not safe. This world is, is, is uh, run by the prince of the power of the air, that's, that's the devil, and it's not gonna be safe for you believers, ever. Heaven will be safe. But God has called us on a mission and he's called us to, to, to a, a, a calling to go out and witness, uh, preach, and to make disciples. That's what we're called to do. We're not called to, oh, let's build a safe life for ourselves so everything can be pleasant and the birds can chirp and everything can be just fine. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to actually go out and make a difference. And, and that brings us, and Jesus even says in, the, in Matthew 10, he says, he says it many, uh, three or four times. Verse 26, so fear not. In 20, verse 28, uh, do not fear. Uh, in verse 31, do not fear. Uh, we're, to not, we're to have courage in this. And so we're to have courage to, to, to have compassion, to courage to, to make the connection, and courage to have conversation. And Jesus had conversation with this woman. It wasn't a monologue. He didn't just go out and say, okay, here's the four spiritual laws. You know, he didn't go and say, okay, here's the planet, Romans road to salvation. He, he didn't just present it. He had an actual conversation back and forth with this person and, uh, and it made all the difference in the world. And so, Holly, I'd like you to handle this because I know you teach about this and, and that how do we engage in conversation where people open up and ask questions about faith? Well, we're all on a spiritual journey, whether we're followers of Jesus or not. So we have that in common. So we want to think about ways that we can come alongside them and not be an us versus them, which I think a lot of times people think sharing your faith or sharing the gospel is an us versus them. And really, it's just saying, hey, can I just share with you something that God's been doing in my life or something God taught me? And you just kind of make it normal, like, hey, it's just part of my life is God. Can I share with you what's going on in my life versus can I just explain to you Jesus right now and it be uh, something that might be uncomfortable to them at first. But then I think we can ask them questions. Everybody is seeking something and just to ask them, so what is your spiritual journey? Do you, do you care about the spiritual side of life? You know, um, what's your view of who Jesus said he was? Or if you could ask God one question, um, what do you think it would be? And it's not that we have to then answer their questions after that, but it gives you a platform to understand where they're coming at when it comes to religion, Jesus, faith, spiritual things. And then again, my, my broken record answer is you ask the Holy Spirit, how then do I connect Jesus, the person? We're not just here to share a story with them. We're here to connect them with a relationship with a person. And the Holy Spirit, who knows them better than anyone else, 
and knows Jesus perfectly will show us how to do that. Yeah, and we get this idea that we just need to kind of, you know, okay, kind of throw them a gospel bucket, okay, and then run away. <laughs> and, uh, and hopefully they get doused with something and then we, we, we leave. And yet it's, it's, a, it's dialogue. It's a, it's a conversation and it's a natural conversation. It comes up. And that's why we get out there and we are involved in, in, among people and, and do the, the things that Charlie's doing and, and, and Matt are doing and that Jessica's doing and, and Holly too. That they, they're out there making conversation. And if they hide like what you're talking about, Matt, in our house, you know, we're not making conversation. We're, we need to kind of get out there and be able to do that. Well, uh, Jesus had conversation with this woman in, in John chapter 4, and, and some great things happened. And not only did, she, did the kind of the light go on that Jesus is Messiah, but she went in and to, to her village and, and called a bunch of people, and they came back, and, and they began to believe. And there was great celebration in this. And, and we were kind of running out of time, but I'd like Matt to end this story. Of, tell, tell about the guy that... that uh, um, uh, you've been able to work with and help disciple and, and, and just to see his, his transformation of life. Yeah, um, if I can do it without crying. Um, That's okay. <laughs> it's a neat story. When I met Matt two years ago, he was addicted to heroin, and um, he started coming to our small group. A couple months later, he decided to get clean, and I had just started this business, and there were a few times where he'd call me up and he was having trouble making rent. And so I would make a few phone calls and find a few lawns for him to mow and find, you know, basically help him to earn enough to, to make rent or pay for groceries and this and that. And, um, you know, I've watched him grow and he stayed clean now for a couple of years. And he went on to get a, you know, a full-time job. Um, he makes more money than I do now, um, <laughs> which is fantastic. And um, last year he decided to be a Bible study leader at our church for a men's Bible study. And so I'm, it's, I'm able to sit under him. He leads my Bible study. Um, so to watch that transition over two years, is, it's amazing. Yeah, that's a celebration. Isn't that a celebration? Praise God. I know I, I would have loved to have more of you talk about more things, but thank you for doing Let's give them all a hand as they head off. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you need to, at lunchtime, find one of these uh, four and, uh, and, and sit down with them and hear more of their stories because, I mean, it's just neat to see how God turned a, a difficult situation with immigration into something wonderful for Jessica. And, and of course, uh, Charlie will never be short on words to tell about all the great things that are, ha- that are happening in, uh, in, in Tijuana and, uh, and the great things and the way God is using that church is phenomenal. And, uh, and that, and the same with Matt and Holly and just the different things that they've got going on in their prospective ministries. And, and every, every one of our Global Outreach team people have got just so many great things and you can see that live. But it's not just them. There's stories right here. Some have, have need to be shared because they're great stories, but some are waiting to be shared because they're waiting to be experienced by you. And God has a call on your life. Don't ever sell him short. Well, I don't know how to share the gospel. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how. God will give you. If you read Matthew 10, it says, don't worry if you're dragged before the the, the courts and what to say. God will give you the words. He will give you the words. All of a sudden you go, it just starts coming out. 
And, uh, and you think, oh, I bummed it. I didn't quite share. Right? It, it's exactly what God wanted to. When you're sensitive to him and listening to the Holy Spirit, those things happen. And he wants to use you in such a huge way. So don't settle. Well, I'm not good enough. I'm not uh, great. Just get out there. Ask God to give you a compassionate heart for people. Get a connection. Make a connection. Join in a conversation. And then let's celebrate together the great things that God's going to do through you. The landscape of heaven can be different because you have stepped out. He has called every single one of you that bear the name Christian. Do you get that? Every single one of us. Not the too old, the too young, the too in between, the too this. No, everyone. There's not an exclusion. Go therefore. Oh, go only if. There's not that. It doesn't say, be my witnesses. Oh, well, just, you know, well, you got too many problems. You got too, no, no. It says, be my, there's no exclusions. That means it's all of us. Stand with me, which we're going to be dismissed.